0: So the holidays are coming up, right? And you might need a fun conversation topic for your family's dinner table. Why not try asking them which part of songs they are more drawn to? The music or is it the lyrics? For me, it's the music probably like 80% of the time. I just need something to groove to. Anyway, I do realize though that lyrics are powerful. They can conjure emotions or tell a story, paint a picture. But what happens when they become evidence?  — Those lyrics
1: from Just How It Is, a song by Grammy-nominated hip-hop artist Young Thug, were quoted in the indictment for racketeering and gang conspiracy charges the rapper is currently facing. And the judge says this, that prosecutors are allowed to use these and many more in trial. Well, that has a lot of people talking. Back with us— —
0: That is the very real scenario that is playing out right now in Atlanta for the rapper Young Thug, who's at the center of a sprawling RICO case that has the hip-hop community on edge. There really is six
1: defendants in Atlanta who might spend the rest of their life in jail for something that's uh, totally not true. Yeah, you're saying this is not a laughing matter. This is very serious. Oh, well, this is very serious. This destroys families, this destroys—
0: My guest this week uh, is CNN's Ryan Young, who's based in Atlanta. We're going to talk about what this case could mean for the future of artistic freedom, Atlanta public safety, and even former President Donald Trump. From CNN, this is one thing. I'm David Rind. So Ryan, first of all, I I wanna do a bit of a legal 101 here. Can you explain to me what a RICO charge is? I can, there's a lot of discussion about this as well. It's the
1: Racketeering Influence and Corrupt Organization Act. A lot of times this is used for groups Mm. like the mafia. So you hear RICO charges would be used for organized crime. So it's been interesting to see how much is being used in Atlanta right now.
0: Right, because this was also used in relation to former President Donald Trump, right?
1: Yeah, and look, that is the big discussion in legal circles here. You have lawyers all across the state who are watching the courthouse. One, they want to see if there's something that happens in this RICO case that could help the former president Mm. and whether or not there'll be some precedent that will be set moving forward. Because obviously, this is the same DA, Fonnie Willis, who's put this entire organized corruption case together in both of these cases, and they want to see if the defense attorneys here can poke holes in this, and maybe that will help the former president as well.
0: Mm, That's interesting. So let's set aside former President Trump for a second and tell me about Young Thug and this trial.
1: You're talking about a superstar in the rap world. And not only a superstar in the rap world, you have to think about what he means to Atlanta. Mm. Because a lot of times Atlanta, people forget, is kind of the heartbeat of rap music. A lot of the popular music comes from Atlanta. It's really got a heartbeat. The South has something to say. I mean, I remember Andre 3000 and Outkast said that a long time ago. Right, right. And so young thug, Jeffrey Williams, this is his real name, grew up on this uh, side of Atlanta uh, on Cleveland Avenue. And this is all the center of this because at the end of the day, the group that he is supposed to be a part of, YSL, Young Stoner Life, Young Slime Life, or Young Successful Life, as some of the folks on his side want to call it, mm. all came from this one section of town. And so he became really popular. He won a Grammy. You're talking about someone who had clout in the city and was on major magazines and was being heard all across the country. So this was came as a shock when this... Indictment came down.
0: And so what are the allegations here? Well, that's
1: where it gets. <laughs> I mean, where, where do you want to go here? You got a 65-count indictment.
2: The group calling itself Young Slimer
0: dominating dominated the Cleveland Avenue community of Fulton County.
1: You have murder, crater, attempted murder, drug dealing, robbery, robbery all these things allegedly... Connected to YSL.
0: They created a crater in the middle of Fulton County's Cleveland Avenue community that sucked in the youth,
2: the innocence, and even the lives of some of its youngest members.
1: Look, there was a time in this city where I covered a lot of crime. And you know for a fact that when Fonnie Willis says, that this group was connected to some of the biggest gang wars that this city's ever seen. That language is not used lightly. Mm. They said social media played a big role in this as well. They had certain uh, emojis that they would use. Um, There was also a rival gang member that was shot. And so when all that gets tied together, they believe in this indictment and all this information they have, they can tie this entire group back to Jeffrey Williams, a.k.a. Young Thug.
2: The members and associates of YSL, they moved like a cat with the defendant Jeffrey Williams
1: as its head. Now, of course, his lawyers are contending he had no idea some of this stuff was going on, and to tie it back to him is unfair. That's where the lyrics kind of come back in here. And so, Fonnie Willis is trying to say that some of the lyrics are too close to real life, that some of the crimes that were happening in the city were ending up in the music, and the details to some of these crimes were playing out lyrically.
0: Right. So explain this to me. You're saying that the prosecutor here is using lyrics from Young Thug's songs as evidence that he's the head of this group. Like, what? What are some examples of this? Yeah, I I
1: think that's the thing that stands out the most. Slate, 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 slate. Slate. There's one that talks about a drive-by. And the idea of the drive-by um, was centered around 100 rounds in a Tahoe. And apparently in one of these drive-by shootings, according to the DA, there was someone riding around in a rented Tahoe that might've been used in a drive-by. And some of this correlated with some of the information that was in that song.
2: Hundreds of rounds in a Tahoe. The next line has taco
1: a rhyming. So there was a fight back and forth in the court with the judge about what lyrics are real, which ones aren't.
2: And is it 100 rounds in a Tahoe, like bullets well, that hit a Tahoe, or is there someone driving a Tahoe with 100 rounds? In? It's up to the
1: listener, I guess. One of the things that stood out to a lot of us who were watching this case is Brian Steele, um, Jeffrey Williams' lawyer, trying to paint his client as someone who survived a lot.
0: He knows where he came from.
1: He came from nothing. He is one of 11 brothers and sisters. Uh, He got out of an area where he was trying to avoid a very dangerous life. And that at some point he assumed this persona that was larger than life. That his lyrics helped to transport him not only from his neighborhood, but across the world. And that's the person that he assumed to not only become successful, but to have sort of a, a real street cred.
2: Anything Jeffrey does, people copy—not say you copy, him, but there are people, there are fans, and everyone from his neighborhood
1: copies him. He's a hero to those people because he's
0: breaking those chains.
1: And so Brian Steele's point is: Look, this is his artistic expression based upon his life. This is not what he lives on a day-to-day basis. Mm. And he believes that the prosecution is trying to twist this success story and turn it into something that's evil. And you're going to have to get this jury to believe some of these claims from the prosecution.
0: And I guess... Like where do you draw the line here? Because there is the artistic part of this where it's just artists coming up with lyrics that they may want to get down. But how does that correlate into actual evidence in a court of law? Like what what is the legal thought behind this approach?
1: That is the thing that I think shakes the musical core of some folks here because they are concerned that in the end, that lyrics that rappers use could be used against them in a court of law. Perfect. How long have you been an attorney? About 15 years. Fantastic. I was talking to a defense attorney, Scott Grubman, actually, who told me he believes this case has gone too far in the sense of the way everyone was charged.
2: RICO has been weaponized. And I'm not necessarily calling out the Fulton District Attorney's Mm -hmm. Office, any district attorney in the state of Georgia. Mm -hmm. It's being weaponized. If there was
1: evidence tying someone to a murder or drug dealing or attempted murder or a robbery, he believes they should have been charged individually for that, not all together in a RICO case.
2: What RICO allows is just this idea of, well, you might not have committed the murder. You might not have even been around the murder. But you were somehow loosely associated with someone else who committed the murder, and therefore we could charge you with it and now put in all of this evidence that wouldn't be admissible in the murder trial, like the lyrics and other types of things.
1: State of Georgia. And there are a lot of defense attorneys who are not involved in this case who are paying very close attention to how this is going to work out. They believe that tying this together the way it is is just too strong of a move forward with the way law works here in the state of Georgia. And I
2: always think of this example. Imagine for a second if an actor like Joe Pesci or Robert De Niro were charged with some sort of violent crime. Would the prosecutor try to put one of their movies, Goodfellas Casino, where they're committing all these murders, talking about murders, would they try to put that in evidence? No. Why? Because of course, Robert De Niro, these actors, they're just playing a role. For some reason, rap artists don't get that same privilege.
1: And And when you think about all this, when you tie it back to the lyrics, especially in a community that's tied together with the music industry so closely, everyone who's either rapped, thinks about rapping, is concerned about how those lyrics will play out. Um, Sometimes rap music is like Law & Order. Law & Order is close to real crimes, and we all sit there and watch it, and we know that we, we've seen this crime before because they're ripping it from the headlines. Well, mm. rappers are the same way sometimes. They're the news for the streets. And so, of course, mm. is there a big case? They will take lyrics and, and flip it and make it into something that's their Even own. Even though it
0: didn't exactly happen to them, literally.
1: Well, of course. I mean, look, there have been rappers who've taken the Chris Rock, Will Smith situation and flipped it and made it into something that was like, you know, a part of the just the fabric of our life. We know this happens. And so that's what their argument is when it comes to this. At the same time, I think the D.A. saying there's certain details that you have in these cases and in these raps that the general public may not even know. Mm. So it puts them a little closer to the situation. I think what what stands out to me about RICO and how this goes, you had so many different defendants. You had jail phone calls being listened to. You had social media posts being monitored. And even down to the fact of certain kinds of emojis that were being used was a telling sign for Mm -hmm. the gang detectives to know when things were going down. So what they're trying to prove here is okay, there's a greater connection, there's a network here that ties back to different shootings across this city of Atlanta. When you put that in perspective, you understand why the DA's office feels like by taking down this criminal organized gang, that's what they're calling them, would be enough to help deter people from being involved in crime or slowing the crime rate in the city of Atlanta, which some people believe ever since this group has been arrested, that it's actually seen a drop-off in crime in the city. Ryan, thank you. Yeah, no doubt. Thank you.
0: One Thing is a production of CNN Audio. This episode was produced by Paolo Ortiz and me, David Rind. Our senior producer is Fez Jamil. Our supervising producer is Greg Peppers. Matt Dempsey is our production manager. Dan DeZula is our technical director. And Steve Lichtai is the executive producer of CNN Audio. We get support from Haley Thomas, Alex Manasseri, Robert Mathers, John Dionora, Lenny Steinhardt, Jameis Andres, Nicole Pessaru, and Lisa Namero. Special thanks to Katie Hinman. We'll be back next week with another episode. Talk to you then. When you work, you work next level. when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number Smart Beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep Next Level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices
2: higher in Alaska and Hawaii.